NMLS number 3030. I mean, I know that the um, potential for transformation and healing are immeasurable. With adults, I see it, and they communicate a lot more. But when you see a child have that epiphany or get that sparkle in their eye and realize, like, I can be an eagle and I can fly, and that bird's eye perspective that's taught through awareness is accessible but sometimes really hard for a kid to grasp so it's just really amazing to hear jess rosenberg is a national yoga instructor reiki master and the creator of the adventures of super stretch an interactive fitness program and app developed to give children a physical outlet to express and empower themselves in a healthy happy way she has been practicing yoga and wellness since the early 90s, long before it was cool or there was this thing called Lululemon. And Jess has been teaching for more than 16 years. Whether you're a parent, a yogi, or just getting started with this whole woo-woo business, you can benefit from Jess's mission to help us all balance our bodies, minds, and hearts. I'm Elizabeth Dean, and this is Healers. I've never been to Joshua Tree or been in any sort of TP or really? No, I've never had that kind of experience. Did no you sweat feel lodge? different after No Sweat Lodge. Have oh, you done a sweat lodge? Yes, they're incredible. Except for the one that got oh, condemned. Like, <laughs> there oh, was one that Oh got, yeah, yeah, where yeah. The people passed But away, I love yeah. hearing that you had a good experience in a yes, sweat lodge. I love it. Well, if but, you do hot yoga, it's not that super hot. No. Oh, it's not. It's not as hot as it's. It's unbearable moto. because they smoke and everything. Okay. And things uh, start to build up, but you're so in the moment, and like you just start saying what the leader does, and you could chant if you want to with them, or just sit there and let the vibrations move through you. But there's something so incredible and cathartic and transformational about it. Yeah. And you it's communal, totally it. which is powerful yes, in communal. itself, right? Mm-hmm. How long were you in the sweat? lodge is it like all uh, i've done a couple of them short but some of them are really short okay and then some of them are like an hour or so but they take these rocks that they heat for a really long time and then the shaman or the person who's kind of leading it takes a spoon and keeps pouring water on it so that it becomes steam but these rocks have been heated and prepared so they like a they spent yeah, yeah they spend tons of time preparing it and then incense and things are passed around and some people do you know peyote but i'm not a big drug person i i think that <laughs> I, I think <laughs> i think that pranayama and meditation are good drugs they're natural yes. high that's mm-hmm. for sure so did you have and did you feel anything later on was there was there a benefit oh, sure. that you noticed later or was it just in the moment sure no well things happened in the moment like i you could um visually kind of see things because it's very foggy in there and you could also almost sense things happening around like presence of things but then just like yoga lasts in your body for 24 hours neurologically i didn't know that yeah your yoga practice lasts in your central nervous system and in your energetic body for over 24 hours a mudra after you feel the um, beating of your heart in your from finger to finger and you feel the pulse and you hold it for like over two minutes, it has a six-hour effect in your body. So all of the different mudras are great ways to um, 
find um, grounding down and calming techniques. And Okay, so yeah. what we're doing right now is we're pressing our thumb. Yeah, if you to... take your thumb to your uh, index finger, like the okie-dokie sign, yep. it's called the Jnana Mudra. And what does that mean? Uh, cosmic consciousness. Each you, The whole world is in your hands, so each finger is a specific element of the five elements, and the thumb is like fire, so you're sparking the divine power within yourself and ironically you know everybody's like this is a-okay but actually you're really creating internally a grounding sensation and allowing yourself if you might have felt really disconnected or frazzled or overwhelmed mm -hmm. um, it actually helps you to ground down calms your heartbeat allows you to pay attention and drop into awareness with your breath so this is one reason why we can hold this pose when we're meditating mm -hmm. while you see people touching their fingers uh -huh, to different mudras or hands. Positions. But if you see me just walking around and I'm <laughs> making the okay sign, it's because I'm stressed out. Yeah. Grounding. Yeah. I love that though. It's so simple. Yeah. You can do that anywhere. I do this upon mudra when I'm driving. So your two middle fingers night. to your thumb. Mm -hmm. But you're still so, holding the steering wheel. <laughs> the, well, one hand is holding the steering wheel, Got but it. the ring, uh, the ring finger and the middle finger to your thumb and the, um, the pinky and the index finger straight up to the sky. It looks like the longhorn yes. sign. <laughs> but what it is, it's about grounding down and letting go. So if you feel out of sorts and you're driving and it's late at night and uh, you feel like, oh, a cop might be following me, this is a great way to anchor in and be really calm. Do you teach these mudras to kids? Is yes. This part? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I do. They must yeah. love that. Yeah, it's fun. And it's a great um, sensory awareness practice. Okay. Tell me more about that sensory awareness. Uh, well, when we practice yoga, yoga is all about uh, skills and tools to help you to self-regulate and create a great sense of integrating your body and your mind together. Most people are very disconnected and not aligned within or uh, their truth even, but within their body and their heart. And their mind sometimes hijacks it because our mind is our worst enemy and we have to make friends with it. So through the practices of yoga, you teach kids and adults uh, how to create awareness and how to really center and integrate yourself so that through this wholeness and this alignment, you can be a better person and you can be uh, hopefully a catalyst for change and make the world a better place. All with yoga. Yeah. So powerful. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of conversations recently mm -hmm. about, it. I thought I thought I had a firm grasp of this, but this idea of being two in your head, not in your body. Mm -hmm. And then the heart, of course, is, mm -hmm. is another layer. How do you know if you are in your body? I mean, yoga, we set that time aside mm -hmm. and we really feel it. And that's a huge part of the practice mm -hmm. is the breath work mm -hmm. and, and just being present. But how do we just stay in our body on a daily basis? And part two of that question is what's the benefit of that? How do you stay in your body? That's a, a really um, profound question, right? <laughs> that's a good one, Elizabeth. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my uh, favorite quotes is by Thich Nhat Hanh, and he says that thoughts, I'm paraphrasing it, but thoughts come and go like clouds in the sky, and conscious active breath is my anchor. 
So if you think about the monkey mind, it likes to kind of hijack you. And if you become friends with the monkey mind and you realize that you are not your thoughts, they are the things that are really disconnecting you from having this experience in the here and now, then all of a sudden you're teaching yourself resiliency training through yoga movements, which affect the central nervous system, and through breathing practices, which allow you to uh, create this amazing sense of wholeness. And and to not take in those thoughts and let them govern you. Because I like to say they're real, but Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily true. Correct. And and they like to kind of tie you up in knots and uh, take you down a negative path. So if you breathe, it already is bringing fresh oxygenated blood to your system. So it is uh, bringing you into an optimistic space. And then yoga gives you simple, impactful habits to allow you to really um, be balanced. You have been doing yoga long before yoga was cool. No. (laughs) Yes, you have. Long before Lululemon. Yes. The 90s. Yeah, I st- well, started. Well, yep, I started yoga when I was a teenager. And mm-hmm. what, when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, and she doesn't look a day over 30, by the way. It's the yoga. <laughs> Very kind. Um, what drew you to it then? I mean, how did you even find out about yoga? I know it's been around for centuries, but in our modern society, I think that you were a pioneer to start doing it not only in the 90s, but as a teenager. I found a really cool book in a bookstore. Yeah. Do you remember what book it was? No. No? But I could email it. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was there for me. And I'm a huge geek. And I love uh, pranayama and meditation practices. I think that they're going to change the world. Uh, and when I was in this bookstore and I found a book, it just really resonated with me. And when I was younger, I was very, you could say, um, disconnected. Okay. And I really liked the philosophy within the book. And it really taught all about what yogis like to call effortless effort, where you're not clinging or grasping to things, just like what we were talking about the mind, and you're not resisting things, but you're observing yourself and the things around you as they are. Versus being attached Mm -hmm. to how you think they should be, how you Mm -hmm. want them to be, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of kind of future walking Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So what did that mean for you to be disconnected as a teenager? Does that come up with your students now? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a tot or an elderly person in a nursing home or or, uh, someone in an office or a kid at school, we're all kind of like ducks. So we float on the surface and we're like, oh, you're really pretty and you're just riding the waves of life. And then underneath your feet are going flap, 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 flap. So true. And... Uh, when you practice mindfulness and breathing exercises, they help you to tap into your life force energy, which yogis call pranayama, and allow you to kind of glide where you're not striving for something or you're not kind of yielding and kind of rolling over and quitting, but you're finding that equanimity or that middle path where you can just create space. And then in turn, this effortless effort is kind of hard, right? But it also helps you to really stay present 
and be the observer and to witness your experiences. And then your monkey mind doesn't get a hold of you, but you become friends with it. And then you can keep floating on the surface and ride the waves of life and the experiences that happen to you. I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want all right. of that. Can you like bottle it up? I right? did, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's yoga and it's mm-hmm. meditation. And so there, there is a way forward mm-hmm. thanks to people like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you find this book when you're a teenager, you mm-hmm. start practicing yoga mm-hmm. at home in, do, are there classes? Um, how does this become part of your life at that age? Uh, uh, reading. Okay. I, I'm, as I, I so like the theories to read. And the so I like the theories and the philosophy yep. and learning about the yoga sutras and uh, the timeless principles that go along with the practice. And then I started doing the funny um, poses in the book. The lady was wearing a leotard and nylons. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh. Yes. Some leg warmers? So, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much it was like the Jane Fonda era. I love yes. it. I grew up, yeah. My yes. mom did Jane Fonda yes. and Joni yes. Griggins yeah. on record. <laughs> and then I remember um, in college, I took a dance for PE and the dance teacher was teaching it. And then I started taking classes and watching, uh, you know, the old videos on the VHS, and then it turns into DVDs, and then started taking classes and really became very passionate about the uh, lifestyle that yoga had to offer. But your career did not go in that direction no, initially. No, uh-uh. I'm a, um, a product designer by trade and a yogi by lifestyle. And as I was working in the world of, um, or as I was working in the business world, I realized that my mindfulness practice really helped me stay grounded and centered. When everything around you, I'm sure, was chaotic, especially mm -hmm. knowing that you came from Uh, the beauty industry, the beauty industry, the Mm -hmm. fashion world. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's all just Mm -hmm. (laughs) marketing about as heightened as it gets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was very busy and the mindfulness practices really helped. And um, when I was younger, I went and took a bartending course when I was 16. So I could be a bartender, right? So <laughs> that I bar- surprises me. Yes. So I bartended through college. And Were I was- you sneaking um, yeah, like floral essences n- into? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I crystallized but, that water. <laughs> yes. No. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. No, I was uh, very on the straight and narrow. And uh, I poured cocktails and... So I always say now all I did was 17 years ago when I took a sabbatical from my real job and decided to go to my first teacher training that I just turned my first kind of career as a bartender and I pour oxygen cocktails for a living to help um, really take that revolution of the health and wellness and bring it out into the universe. Well, I'm so grateful you do. Um, I have dabbled in yoga for a number of years, never Mm -hmm. been... I would never call myself a yogi Mm -hmm. and the instructor makes the class and I'm sure we, we all have different kind of needs and how we connect to our instructor, but you are one of the few where I feel like we are doing so much more than poses. I don't know how you do it, but I think you have the ability to read the room and Mm -hmm. know exactly what we need. Thanks. You're very sweet. In the moment. I Mm -hmm. think that that's a gift. So do you feel that when you come in? Do you, so just 
just works with adults and children. We're going to talk mm-hmm. more about the kids because mm-hmm. this is really special what you do with kids. But when you come into a room, can you sense the energy or do you really prepare for that class in advance? <laughs> well, at first I want to say I pull it out of my bum holio. <laughs> like, but I don't know if you can say something like that. I don't that. know. I've never yes. heard that word, so I think it's fair game. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yes, I do go into a room and kind of uh, uh, sense what's happening. I always like to be in the front of our space and really uh, engage with people as they walk into the classroom and say hi and hear about their lives and get an update so that it becomes more of a personalized experience than just your like cattle going into a room to get prodded. (laughs) Which it can feel like. I mean, yoga has become commercialized Mm -hmm. and intimidating for people. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it really comes down to... Mm -hmm you facilitating, like reminding us why we are even there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just like going to the gym and you do it on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly that. Most people think that yoga is a workout when they come into it, that it's a fitness practice, that you're going to get a hero physique and you're going to get cute little buns and strong arms. I want those arms. arms. (laughs) I do want those arms. But actually when you do the practice and when you're going into the room, it works so much on a subtle level on your energetic system that it is so much more than just a workout. It's truly a work in. So when people come through the front and I engage with them, I can kind of sense what the uh, disposition is and what the intention needs to be for that group as a whole. And I hope that every class that I teach is unique and different and really helps others to find the peace and the not happiness, but I would say compassion and uh, kindness, that radical kindness, and also the uh, contentment to be able to go out so that the merits of their practice can benefit all beings, not themselves. Right. And, we, and that, that sort of compassion comes up again and again on the show. Because mm-hmm. in that, that's where you do find the peace mm-hmm. and the self-acceptance and for others, too. Mm-hmm. Do you see, um, as a collective, I feel like everyone is more anxious than ever. Oh, yes. The world is overwhelmingly anxious. And uh, I actually just got asked to write a book by New Harbinger Press on writing a book about anxiety and tips and tools through yoga, how to help kids with anxiety. And parents, obviously, because parents are going to be reading it. It's for parents, yeah. It's for parents. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you and for all of us. Yeah, but yes, there is a palatable kind of like anxiety that's uh, permeating our culture right now. And uh, because breath work and movement practices really help you stay grounded and stable, uh, I believe that yoga, this revolution that's happening where people are becoming more aware and want to learn how to self-regulate so that they're not being reactive to situations, but they're actually being proactive. Yeah. Because otherwise we're, we're going to keep turning to things to just numb ourselves. Truly. There's a beautiful word in Sanskrit called ahimsa. And ahimsa is all about, um, in thought in speech and in action to do no harm or to be kind to others. 
But what's ironic is that how many times have you said something nasty yourself today or gotten upset at something that happened or got frustrated because you ate the food that you didn't like or like a technology wasn't working and so you kind of pointed the finger back at yourself. So ironically, I think no one gets past this first principle, this first precept of the practice because we have to learn how to have that radical kindness to ourselves. And if we have that kindness to ourselves, then I think it'll be like almost, uh, it'll just kind of spread out to everyone. So don't just be radically kind and nice to others, but be kind to yourself and create space so that you can be. It's so much harder to be kind to yourself than others. Yeah. It really is. It is. Because our monkey mind wants to get the best of us, so we need to give it a job. We do. When we feel like there's worth in taking care of others and... And then we just beat ourselves up. So mm-hmm. I think kindness is so mm-hmm. underrated. I love mm-hmm. that. So if the adults are feeling this anxiety and this pressure and this monkey mind, mm-hmm. it's got to be trickling down to our children. Sure. Too. Kids need to learn how to focus because we're overtaxing them and overscheduling them. Kids have bad feelings like adults, but adults might repress them and then it turns into dis-ease. Kids have big emotions and then they implode. It would almost be better if adults like had better ways to express themselves and, and couldn't talk themselves out of these feelings. Right. Just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. the breakdown happen so mm-hmm. you can move through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did your work with kids begin? Did you, were you working with parents and then you realized there was this, this other class of little yeah. people? Yeah. I, Who as, needed you? as I'm a product designer by trade, uh, I, Uh, love anime and cartoons. And in about 2001, I had uh, some time where I couldn't work and I had some downtime and I started drawing and kind of concepting and coming up with a really fun way to uh, share the timeless principles of yoga and these really esoteric, like overwhelming, like strange concepts to our 20th century. Right. And, uh, I started drawing and creating a character called Super Stretch. He's pretty cool. Thanks. Because Super, when we practice yoga, we all become Siddhas. What's that? Siddha means super. We get superpowers when we practice yoga. Mm -hmm. Because when we find that unity and that wholeness and that um, kind of like recalibration where we find center, all of a sudden we can take not just the five senses that we have, but kind of find the sixth sense where all the superhero characters come from and the Marvel characters come from. So I created my own little secret superhero that teaches kids to join the team and make namaste a part of their day. And when I started teaching in um, this in 2001, namaste was still a little bit scary and yoga isn't, uh, wasn't really kind of in all of our culture. So Namaste became an acronym. Can I read it for you? Yes. Okay. So Namaste. We love Namaste here. <laughs> yeah. So Namaste means nothing is impossible. Always be honest. Make the world a better place. Act with kindness. Share with others. Trust and believe in yourself. Enjoy and have fun. And with a strong body, clear mind, and pure heart, I promise to be the best person I can be and make namaste a part of every day. 
Namaste to that. And that's for all ages. Mm -hmm. If we live that way, Mm -hmm. the world would be a better place. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of ways for kids and their parents, families to interact with Super Stretch. Mm -hmm. There are. Okay. Okay. Tell us about them. I have uh, coloring sheets and I have created um, some amazing flashcard deck and some amazing workbooks and uh, training manuals for people to learn how to teach yoga to a child, whether they're a caretaker, a grandparent, a parent, or a school teacher, and also obviously yoga teachers to add to their, um, uh, you know, their their toolkit. Yeah. yeah, we have a testimonial from another a yoga instructor that you've trained. Um, about her experience working with kids and yoga. Let's play it. Why should listeners consider yoga and mindfulness for their kids? Well, it's hard to be a kid today. So there are lots of reasons why parents and teachers find it so beneficial. It's an alternative to constantly having their face buried in their electronic devices, their iPads, their iPhones, it's a way to manage stress through breathing, awareness, and healthy movement. The kids feel excited about coming to yoga every week because it's fun and non-competitive. They learn to use their body in a healthy way, and they develop body awareness. They build self-esteem and confidence. So I have an 8-year-old who every week asked to practice crow pose. He was a little bit shy week one, two, and three, and I saw them for a total of eight weeks. By week seven and eight, he practiced and practiced and practiced crow pose, and he felt such a great sense of accomplishment. He went through the pose on his own and then turned and said, Dad, did you see that? It was really cool. so proud of themselves yeah, they are. and not all of that I mean if you're not an athlete as a kid I mean this mm-hmm. is this is something that is accessible to everyone mm-hmm. you don't I mean that's the beauty of yoga mm-hmm. among other things is mm-hmm. that your poses don't have to be perfect I mean mm-hmm. you remind us that in class constantly as adults this is not about perfecting your pose mm-hmm. but yet this little one was excited when he finally got it because mm-hmm. he put in all that time and effort and so was, sweet and, t- and Super Stretch teaches the kids, even in the app, that practice is progress. So the more you practice and the more you try, the better you can be at something. But you don't have to be perfect or super at first. I wish I had known that as a kid because I think there's this <laughs> – yeah. for overachievers and with, with parents who are also want so much for us, mm-hmm. you're not – we're not born with, we're not born perfect. We are mm-hmm. not born with all these skills. It, it yeah. does still take practice. Mm-hmm. What else do you see? Um, how else do you see these kids change as they start incorporating yoga? The, they learn to be at home in their own skin, which is pretty much the best. Exactly what you just said. Like I always tell adults, let your freak flag fly. 
if you're a pure of heart revolutionary spirit and you really allow yourself to trust your intuition and you allow yourself to be optimistic and content, then the world is open to you and anything is possible. And it would be a much happier world. Mm -hmm. And those are formative years. Most of us Mm -hmm. didn't let our freak flags fly after the age of like 10. That's when they start getting suppressed and we start comparing and judging ourselves. So to do that so early on, is just, it's incredible. Well, and the movement practices you think of like, oh, I'm just doing a forward fold or I'm doing a twist. And all of a sudden they become uh, character education and morals and your child sleeps better because they're moving their body. And you learn these life lessons that allow you to be like a tree where you grow really deep roots and then you can bear fruit when you allow yourself to create the openness and the alignment in your body-mind connection. Unbelievable. So, okay, for listeners, Mm -hmm. tell us how the app works. So I'm a parent. I'm not, but I'm a parent and I go and download the Super Stretch Kids app. And does it give me like a pose a day to do with my child? Mm -hmm. How does that work? You go to the iTunes store and you download the Super Stretch Yoga app from the store, which is free currently. Wonderful. And right now it has 12 characters that you get introduced to. The characters go from cartoon to live action. And then it teaches kids basically, basically a lot of conflict resolution or like the down dog is having a bad day. So he wags his tail and shakes his trouble away. And then you watch a kid do it. So you see a live video of a kid doing it. And through these 12 poses, the kids have the opportunity to do watch it as a full on video where you do all of 12 of them together or you do one at a time and you collect 12 stars. And when you collect 12 stars, you get to take a picture of yourself. That's your kind of reward. And I'm sure that kids then find, I mean, they end up using these poses throughout the day and and teaching each other. Yes. So a lot of institutions use it. Um, schools and school districts have it on their PE iPad la- so that kids can do them. They have them in homeroom classes, uh, health programs like yoga studios and gyms are using them. Lifetime Fitness has it in their kids' daycare center. And uh, parents really trust the app because children's relate and resonate with the characters. So this idea of just sitting down and drawing uh, my passion and creating little super characters and kids in the neighborhood of 247 Mindful Pathway and a whole like universe of yogis is really fun. And now I'm working on making more apps and med- uh, to add in all of the characters from the flashcard deck because the flashcard deck has over 66 characters. You can collect all of them. Yes. So you'll be able to collect all of them and even do meditations with your child or do a sequence so you can get better sleep or a sequence if you're sad or a sequence of postures if you feel really anxious and you want to do some breathing to calm down. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because while we are not doctors and and we're not going to prescribe, so -hmm. to speak, um, ADHD and ADD are at an all-time high Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of diagnoses. The latest statistic from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention has um, the rate up by 41% for ages 4 to 17, Mm -hmm. like between 2003 and 2011, which is staggering. Mm -hmm. And 
in my in my focus group of one, I have a number of of friends who are heartbroken that their children have received this diagnosis. And you know what? Their first reaction is, what can I do Mm -hmm. before we go to meds? They don't want to do the drugs. They want to find something else to try first. And the meditation, the breathing, while it almost sounds counterintuitive because you've got these kids who have all this energy. And Mm -hmm. I think back in the day, we tried to channel that energy, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. like get them into sports, run mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. go run around the block, mm-hmm. um, bounce on this ball. It's actually turning inward and getting quiet. Mm-hmm. That seems to be having such a profound impact. Yes. To, uh, we are an amazing human machine and we're just a bunch of tubes and water and over 200 billion neurons. But truly, in order to help your human frame, as a child, one of the best things to do is to find different movements that help to balance out and heal your uh, central nervous system. And yoga folds your spine in six directions. And if your muscles are driven by your brain and your brain is driven by your muscles, the more you move, the more brain cells you build and regenerate. It's called neuroplasticity. I would like to pretend to be a doctor, but I just play one on TV. I would like to pretend that I totally understand it. (laughs) Right? So these skills and tools that you're teaching kids um, don't have to be all really like relaxing. Okay. They could also be like, let's lay on our back. And for an adult, you do happy baby and it feels really good and it massages your spine and it releases your hips. For a kid, you could say, let's do happy baby, but you call it dead bug and you stick out your tongue and you move your arms and legs and we're going to do this really fast for 60 seconds, as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. And then you stop after the 60 seconds and the timer goes off and you just relax and place one hand to your tummy and one hand to your heart and you work on practicing three deep breaths with your teacher and all of a sudden you've created this really great way to release the monkey mind and the kind of I want to say spilkis the kind of craziness that builds up within you sure and you learn how to release it and then in turn you've created a regulated system And that's just a funny way of taking a very serious adult pose and making it um, kid-like. So poses, Mm -hmm. that's all available through the app. Just today, right now, what what are some other things that parents could help their children do Do? to to calm down or to release this energy? To let go? Yep. Well, when you do, you had talked about ADD and ADHD, Mm -hmm. in order to learn how to rise up to your best self, if you say had the flashcards or if you had the coloring sheet and you picked and pointed to an animal and you, and you said, let's do tree pose. Tree pose is a balancing pose that teaches kids how to increase focus and to balance into the midline and find alignment and containment where you're learning how to harness the pure potentiality of the breath. And uh, when you do this, it is also a bilateral movement. So it's working both hemispheres of the brain, teaching you how to create stability. So that's a balancing pose. Say you wanted to do like a cat and a cow pose, and you picked cat and cow off of your sheet or from the flashcards, you're 
um, allowing your body to send fresh oxygenated blood through it. You're regulating the hormones because when you massage the spine, you're massaging your endocrine system and you're releasing any compressions through your back so that you elongate your torso through cat and cow. Uh, if you felt like you were anxious or you felt like you were kind of like repressing things or kind of holding things in and protecting your heart because you were upset because someone stole your toy, instead of kind of fighting back and getting aggressive or having a big emotional tantrum, and like a little kid showing your emotions, you as a parent could teach your child to grab a frog pose from the deck or a, a revolved triangle pose and make a shape. And the twists help to uh, balance your adrenals and massage your kidneys and strengthen your spine. So twists are a great way to release anxiety. You don't even need to know anything about yoga to do this. I don't, I mm -hmm. really want to emphasize that there's no barrier to, mm -hmm. to entry as a parent. Mm -hmm. You, you don't have to know what any of these poses are because they are simple enough that they can be on a flashcard or on an app mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to learn them mm -hmm. with your child. Mm -hmm. yeah, Cause you're teaching yourself and your child cause parents, kids are their besties. You know, they really do spend a lot of time together. And so if you teach your bestie and you do it together collaboratively as a unit, you're teaching how to shift into an inner state of equilibrium and peace, which allows you to find ease in every experience that you do. And so then if someone does something that's frustrating to you or someone as an adult someone's driving by and you want to say, a, you know, like something nasty to them because they are cutting you off, you learn then, oh, I can just take a really deep breath in through the nose and out through the nose and I'm sending serotonin, you know, happy hormones through my body. I'm using big words, but it's all effective. So with the same scenario, if a kid is having a challenge and they have been practicing either with their family or their school teacher or a grandparent or a care provider, and they've been practicing different mindfulness disciplines and they're really, really upset, and instead of acting upon it, they can just lay down on their back and feel their breath as it touches the floor and they feel really supported because it's a proprioceptic practice that allows you to be really grounded versus letting your head pop off and fly away and then just doing something nasty. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone listening is probably like, I want this... I mean, in every school. Mm -hmm. And um, I think about, too, I don't know. I mean, there's the breath work, but do you get into meditation for kids, too? Because I think about there was a, a New York Times article maybe last summer, and I can put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But um, talking about meditation being used in inner city schools to help kids who are especially in duress. And, and the meditation had a huge positive impact on grades, mm -hmm. on, you know, outbursts in school, on even the graduation rate. Mm -hmm. And I have to think that that's 
another tool we need to be incorporating. Yes, and there's great ways to do that. If the kid is very active and they are always inside and only see concrete or screens, because we see over seven screens a day, uh, you can take them for a nature walk and get out in nature and just practice breathing. Every step you take, your foot is kissing the earth and you're inhaling and exhaling as the foot lands back down. Walking meditation. Mm -hmm. You could do a sound meditation with children where you practice closing your eyes for two minutes and listening to what you hear around you. And then in turn, after the two-minute timer goes off, then you can share that experience with someone. You could also do for sound actually listening to a chime or some bowls or even your favorite music and just then describing after you listen to it for two to five minutes, how did that make you feel? Uh, did it make you feel more relaxed or did it actually aggravate you even more? And then in turn, you learn what kind of uh, tools you can use to uh, Mm -hmm. self-soothe for, um, I like essential oils. Do you ever use essential oils? All the time. Right? All the time. You could take essential oils and you put them in a container because sometimes kids and um, adults are really sensitive and you put an essential oil on a cotton ball and you put it in like an old container and you cut a hole in the top so you can smell, but the cotton ball is not going to come out. Not direct. Yeah. And then in turn, you can pass that around or you could just sit and smell it. And then you could use lavender to calm down or cedar. So you feel really grounded like a tree, or you could do something zesty like lemon. And then it gives you an uplifting if you're kind of feel depressed or sad or um, unhappy. And then you could just smell those scents, even peppermint. That's very uplifting. I love this because these, these tools create a forum for conversation with your child mm-hmm. about why they might be upset or why they're anxious or on edge or what happened at school mm-hmm. today. And, and you've also gamified it with the app, which is always kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. But it takes the pressure off of immediately talking about it and trying to fix something mm-hmm. with your kid mm-hmm. and giving them a place to start mm-hmm. with that, with sharing mm-hmm. how they're feeling. And learning to self-soothe because self-soothing, I swear. I mean, if you've ever done therapy, this is these are the tools that we have not learned um, as adults sometimes, healthy ways to self-soothe. Um, we've got another, we've got a, mm-hmm, yeah, this is actually a friend of yours mm-hmm. whose kids you've worked with one-on-one mm-hmm. who were going through a period of transition and anxiety, just pretty typical kid stuff and I want to play it and I want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. This is Marta. Jesse and I have known each other since we were little girls and we've remained friends for God, the last 40 years. Um, she's watched from the time that my children were babies until, you know, they started hitting adolescence and my oldest, uh, certainly had some anxiety, especially about going to middle school. He was having some um, night terrors. Sleep was a little bit difficult, so I figured, well, let's let's see how Jess can help. And she sat down with both of my sons. We decided to put the younger one in at the time he was into the conversation because he was eventually going to hit middle school. She taught them about sort of their spirit animals at the time and and what was really guiding them and what senses were guiding them. 
Um, it was great to be a part of it so that I could learn how to help them. And I truly believe that Jesse, and just in one meeting with them, I truly believe she was able to give us all tools that we could use moving forward. The kids have been great. Nothing has happened since then. The times early in middle school when my oldest would have some anxiety and struggle with some things, we would talk about a spirit animal and what was what was soaring and what he was looking at and how he could step out of where particularly he was and take a bigger look at it, um, a 30,000 foot view from it, which is what he needed to put it all into perspective. How's that hit you? It's uh, pretty intense. I mean, I know that the um, potential for transformation and healing are immeasurable. With adults, I see it, and they communicate a lot more. But when you see a child have that epiphany or get that sparkle in their eye and realize, like, I can be an eagle and I can fly and that I don't have to do what everybody else is doing or I don't have to be perfect, but I can be myself – and that bird's eye perspective that's taught through awareness is is accessible, but sometimes really hard for a kid to grasp. So it's just really amazing to hear that that was such a profound effect on them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. the earlier, the better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that will stick with him. I mean, mm-hmm. that you changed the trajectory of his life mm-hmm. through that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we call it pragmatic resiliency training. So uh, when you are able to kind of bounce back or be more resilient in a situation using breath and movement practices or even training your brain, that's not my thought. That's not my issue, but it triggered me because I have feelings and emotions, but I don't have to own it. And I can allow that to be a part of the many facets of me, but it doesn't have to become me and engulf me and smother me. Right. Those thoughts lead to emotions. And then we quickly believe that those emotions are us. We mm-hmm. are sad. We are anxious. And being able to to be above it like an eagle mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. look at yourself objectively is yeah. just an invaluable gift. Mm-hmm. So not everyone can, can meet with you one-on-one, mm. but these spirit animals, is this part of super stretch or is there a way that parents can tap into that concept with their kids? That was kind of a one-on-one session. I okay. mean, obviously I meet people via Skype or I can do FaceTime, uh, but uh, I'm uploading things to SoundCloud and doing more, uh, accessible ways of uh, getting a hold of me. When you do camps, we do spirit animals one day and we get to draw them uh, for a kid's summer camp and they learn about um, energy systems in their body and what color they feel that day might actually be related to what's happening in their life. And uh, all of these things are super accessible, but I'm not always around. So I like the virtual world. That's why the app was created too. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I would like to be um, a 40-year-old kid at the camp. Yeah, you I can. think we all want to go back and do <laughs> yeah. this. Um, is there are, are there any things that you, while, while you are here and you have this platform, hmm. anything that you wish parents understood or knew about their kids to help them? 
I believe that we all should see the world with childlike wonderment. So to peel away the layers of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or sometimes we feel maybe a little bit oppressed or we feel a little bit like, well, so-and-so is doing it, so I need to be doing it. And really look and see what makes you feel good in this moment and allow you to pay attention and to be present with your beautiful, joyful child that's right in front of you. How's that? <laughs> that that's, that's pretty perfect. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Namaste. Namaste. What do you say? Breathe, stretch, play, and make namaste a part of every day. Amen. We'll we'll take it. (laughs) 